The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's Monday. A new week begins here on Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Vespers. This is, of course, a hoop ball presentation. And a big thank you right at the outset here to our fantastic partners at Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. HawaiianIsles.com is the website. Check them out. Hawaiian H. Well, you know how to spell Hawaiian. I don't even spell Hawaiian. Get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, Hawaiian I-S-L-E-S. That's the one I'll make sure we all know how to do here. Hawaiian I-S-L-E-S. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. H-I Kona Coffee on Twitter. Check them out. Enjoy the product. Enjoy this sweet, sweet, delicious Kona roasts. Oh, man. It's it's basically what's powering our founder, Aaron Bruski on a day-to-day basis. The great Mike Patria, I know, now swears by it. He's just trying to figure out all the different ways that he can game himself from Hawaiian Isles. And I'm like, dude, time to put some of those DFS winnings right back into the coffers. Pay the piper, or whatever the old expression is. Anyway, uh, check them out. You can also get them on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles. The new week begins here on Fantasy NBA Today, but a new theme does not. We will continue our exploration of real and mock draft results. After two weeks in a row, we spent actually working on real draft results, which I find to be incredibly rewarding. Real draft. People have put their money into this, so it's kind of like a money-where-your-mouth-is situation. You know that no one's messing around. Nobody's trying to game the system. Nobody's avoiding their guys to see where they might actually end up. Those are the real things. Now, this week, we're actually going to move it back to the results of an industry draft. I'm not going to give out any names who was in it. These are fantasy analysts. And we're going to work our way through it basically like we did last week. Starting at the top, trying to figure out where guys are going. And here is why. So we're going to start the podcast by illustrating why we're doing this a few different ways. Number one, why did we spend the last two weeks going over medium to slightly larger than medium money Real draft results. Well, because we know nobody was messing around. Nobody was uh, sort of screwing with their picks. Nobody was playing any games. These were the guys they legitimately wanted on their fantasy teams. And it was very early. The reason we're now going to explore an industry mock result is, number one, you're not going to get too many legitimate industry leagues at this time of year where you can actually go get the full draft results and talk about them. So it's probably going to be a mock draft. And then the second point is, it's really important to see who's picking who where. From my perspective, as someone who's associating with these various uh, industry pros that they're kind enough to include me in, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, I'm, I'm definitely holding the group back, uh, you're able to find out different sites basically what like if you don't let me try to put this away that doesn't sound like we're we're cheaping out in some way i think it's important to know what all the different websites are promoting if you can afford to buy everybody's projections by all means but one of the benefits of having a podcast having a platform or even listening to it is you can learn about other places 
by seeing what those people are talking about on Twitter, what they're talking about on their podcast. Anybody that wants to know what I'm doing just has to listen to this show. I'm not hiding anything. You guys know how I draft. And we've been talking about the picks for weeks now. So you know how, what I think about it, where everybody's going. ADPs and the like. That's an incredible benefit to have at your disposal. And it allows you to get a lot of stuff done without having to spend a bunch of money. Which I think is a really nice thing. I want you guys to go out and get the hoop, hoop ball draft guide. It's only $15.99. Still $15.99. Go get it. It's filled with fantastic information at Hoopball Fantasy, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. You know, don't ignore that. I want you guys to buy it because that is the coal in our engine here at Hoopball. You gotta, you gotta power the locomotive. Get the draft guide, get all that good stuff. But at the same time, draft guide's 16 bucks. We've got other stuff that's, you know, full season premium memberships. We got early B-150 access, all that stuff. You don't, if you can't afford all that, or if you don't want to spend on all that, get the draft guide. And then utilize this podcast because we're going to walk you through so much of the process here completely for free. The only thing we ever ask is a rating or a review. If you have a moment to uh, subscribe, rate, and review the show, uh, we will love you forever. That's all. That's all we ask for. iTunes, super easy. If you're on your computer, just click on the link that we tweet out all the time to go to the iTunes page. You can click a button to open the iTunes software on your machine and then there's a rate and review button. And as I did once last week, and I will do this week, a reminder on how to actually do it on your phone. Open the podcast app on your phone. Search for Fantasy NBA Today. Actually, by the time you type Fantasy NBA T, it'll be the first thing that comes up. Boom. Pops up on your phone. You click on the show title. Take you to the page. You scroll down a little bit. Boom. Right there at the bottom you can rate and review the show. So please do that if you have a moment. That's all we're going to ask for. Pivoting back to the topic at hand, we have this element at our disposal, which is understanding what other industry pros are doing. And so then you can apply that to the people in your league. You know the people in your league. I don't. I know the people in my league and leagues better than you do. And you know the people in your league better than I do. And what that means is, you can understand, having played with someone for a couple of years, who are they drafting? Go back and look at the draft results from last year, the year before, if you have access to that. Or print them out every year. Print them as a PDF so you can save it or an Excel file. So you can go back to it now and say, who are these guys reading? You know, do you have someone in your league that snagged hoop ball guys last year? You know they're reading hoop ball. Do you have someone that snagged Roto-World guys? You know they're reading Roto-World. Do you have somebody that's got... The basketball monster Joneses. They're jonesing for the tools over there at BBM. So understand what people are reading in your league and use the results of an industry draft that we're about to talk about to know the guys you're going to have to watch for in your league and where they're going to be taking those guys. Let's dive right in. Again, industry draft results. Nine cat head-to-head 12 teamer. Pick number one, Carl Anthony Towns. I'm, I'm not surprised, and I said this on the last one, I'm not surprised because he is an incredibly durable basketball player, and durability is a skill. He did skip five games last year. At some point, his, you know, his streak was broken. I actually talked on a much smaller scale. Remember when I had an Ironman streak going with this podcast? I'd done like 200 straight shows 
And I thought, ah, this is taking on a life of its own. I just got to I got to take one show off and then nobody will care if I take more after that. I think we're at a point now with Cat where he's going to take more than his, you know, one day off a year. But when he's ready to go, he's going to play. Still, and I said this with the last mock draft, if I'm taking my first overall pick and durability is a massive factor, I'm going James Harden. I'm going James Harden. Cat had a great season last year. He was number six on a per-game basis, and he played in 77 ball games, so he gets elevated beyond that. But James Harden played in 78, and he was number one on a per-game basis. And I know Russell Westbrook is going to put a dent into that, but even if he comes back to the pack, even if he's behind, even if Anthony Davis is the clear-cut number one on a per-game, and James Harden is closer to guys like Steph and Giannis and Cat, his durability is basically the same as Towns. And to me, he's more reliable on an actual production basis, even in 9-cat. He's just so good at the things he's good at. He blows people out of the water. Free throw percent. Colossal. The most important free throw percentage guy in the NBA. Points per game. Led the league. Even if that comes down a little bit, he's still going to be among the best. Three-pointers almost led the league. Steals, he was actually among the league leaders. So the things he does well, he does so insanely well. And if you're worried about assists, bearing in mind, of course, he was sharing the assists with Chris Paul last year. So even if they take a hit, it won't be as severe as if it went from having no sidekick to having Russell Westbrook. So I'm not here to tell you that Harden isn't going to take a little bit of a hit. But to assume that he's going to drop all the way back to that, that chunk of guys that Cat was in last year, I think is an overestimation of how far he falls. So I would rather have Harden if you're drafting exclusively on durability over Carl Anthony Towns. So, not surprising then that James Harden went second overall in this mock draft. Third pick overall was Anthony Davis, fourth was Steph Curry, and fifth was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Once we saw that the two hyper-durable dudes went one and two, the other three were an obvious one. AD and Steph, I think, are part of a top four. Giannis is sort of in his own weird little fifth spot in my opinion, I think he's alone in fifth. Jokic went sixth. The same top six guys are going in almost every single fantasy draft. I don't know that I've seen a single one where any other guy is drafted inside the top six. And generally, Jokic is sixth. And generally, Giannis is fifth. So it's really that top four that's sort of mixing and matching. Cat, Harden, Davis, Curry... Giannis goes five, Jokic goes six, Dame went seventh in this one, and that's happening often. He's finally sort of getting his due this year as super durable guy that has a per-game value right on the turn every year, and that's valuable. If you're a turn guy who plays every single game, then you're a first-rounder. I was saying on Twitter, and I'll give you the rest of the first round here. Drew Holiday went 8th. Kyrie Irving went ninth, Joel Embiid went 10th. Jimmy Butler 11th. And Bradley Beal went 12th. And I wanted to give all those names because I said on Twitter, and I maintain, that I think the 8 
to 11 range in the first round is particularly brutal. It was pointed out to me that it's not that awful if you're punting, but you guys know how infrequently I punt. So for my sake, and I think for most of you, 8 to 11 is a spot where you're going to get stuck with someone. You're going to end up with somebody that you don't want. And I'll explain why. In that 8 to 11 range, you have two very distinct choices on your hands. Your choices are A, draft a guy who has infinite upside, but almost definitely won't play every game all season long. Those guys are Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and maybe a little bit of a nod to Jimmy Butler, who I think will have to play more because his Heat don't have that many other scoring options. Unless you think Goran Dragic is healthy. And even then, that, you know, who cares? Or option B, was I doing letters or numbers? This is what happens when you're talking to yourself. Choice number two. If you don't take the big upside, won't play all 80, 82 or even probably 75 games, your other choice is take somebody who should probably be drafted midway through the second round if you're banking on a per-game number and just say, you know what? At least they're probably going to play all their games or most of them. I'm not super worried about injury concerns. Maybe some rest stuff does creep in towards the end of the year. You're thinking about shutdown. But overall, safer. A safer second-round pick that you're taking at eight in the first round. These guys are, in my estimation, Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal, LeBron James, Kemba Walker. And that's probably it. I don't think you're taking Andre Drummond towards the end of the first round. So what do you do? What do you do? If I had the eighth pick, and it was in this spot. I didn't have the eighth pick. I was number 11, so I, I rolled the dice a little bit with Jimmy Butler in this spot. If I had the eighth pick, I'm honestly not sure what I would do. I think right now I'm leaning Kyrie Irving, which is pretty remarkable. I just, I love the, I love how good he was last year. He's number 10 on a per game basis, and he should only get better because his options in Brooklyn are basically the same as his options in Boston. He's going to be the number one guy in every respect. And I think they're going to need to play him 72 games to make the playoffs. I think that's what they'll, they'll need at least to be competitive every night out in the Eastern Conference. So I'm hoping for more than 67 ballgames. The other names in that group I mentioned of the high upside, possibly resting, possibly hurt batch, Paul George, he's an interesting footnote because he played in 77 games last year, but then he had double shoulder surgery. So this year, very different. Kawhi Leonard played in 60 games last year, despite being the number seven guy on a per-game basis. I think Kawhi Leonard drafters this year are hoping for 65 to 67 games this season praying for 68 I don't think he'll get that high if he sits out the back-to-backs 
Joel Embiid, 64 games last year. If you're drafting him, you're probably praying for 67 or 68. And Jimmy Butler, who played in only 65 games last year, but missed a couple of games due to trade, had some nagging injuries. He was on a team that was safely in the playoffs. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Uh, I think he's probably going to be... I feel like when you look at these guys, Butler's probably the safest to hit 70. And so that's why I leaned in that direction at this spot. But then Kyrie Irving, I think, could... I think you could, you've got a pretty good shot to get him to 70 games. I don't know about any higher than that. And that puts you in a really tough spot. Because if you go way down the list, you know, someone like a Drew Holiday who's going to have a big year, he's number 22 last season on a per-game basis, and he only played in 67 games. They went into kind of a tank mode for him. Does he sit out down the stretch? Is that something you're going to have to be worried about with Drew? Does that cap him at 75 games this season? I don't know. I really don't like this part of the draft. I think you're stuck with something. So I think I'm probably going Kyrie Irving at 8. I would consider Bradley Beal at 9. Not because he deserves to be there, but because the other guys are probably going to miss more games than him. Now in a head-to-head, that's a question mark because Washington's going to be terrible. But he's going to be out there playing until they're officially eliminated. We've seen that from Beal. He does not want to miss ball games. Not anymore. So you're in a real tight spot in this. So give me Kyrie at eight. I think I'm looking in the direction of either Beal or Butler at nine. If we get good news on Paul George, I could shuttle him up into that spot. And then at 10, you're almost forced to either go way down the list and do the Drew Holiday big season, hope he plays all all the way through thing. LeBron who could kill your free throw percent. Do you dare take a guy like a Drummond? Do you go Embiid? He's not going to play that many games. Do you go Kawhi at that point? I mean, the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th picks are really soul-crushing. And the only reason I left number 12 out of that is because at least at that point you're on the turn. And so, yeah, even though your picks are going to kind of suck and you're in that same boat, at least you don't have to worry about somebody snagging the guy you were hoping for in that second round on the way back. No, you got your back-to-backs, and then you're just done. If we get really good news about Paul George between now and draft season, which is about a month from now, maybe a month and a week even, then he'll move up probably even potentially ahead of Dame, but I might put him in that eight hole, and that pushes everybody down a slot. Kyrie, Butler, Beal, Embiid, Kawhi. I'm looking at Kawhi. I think I would consider him at 13. You know, I would consider Kawhi on the turn and just hope that you get 65 to 70 games out of him. And in head-to-head, the games missed are going to be scattered throughout the year most likely. So that's actually a little bit better than a lot of these guys where, like with Beal and head-to-head, the games are probably going to be clustered towards the end. Same with Drew, potentially, depending on how many he misses. So that whole stretch there, that just petrifies me. You're not going to get a guaranteed first-rounder past number seven. Those are the only guys I think you can really count on. The only, and, and I'm giving a guy like LeBron a bump because I think he's playing a lot of ball games this year. He was number 24 last season despite not being right. His efficiency is going to be better with Anthony Davis near to him. 
His free throw percentage is, is refuse, but he still sure does a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, he was 24. That's a big leap. I have, you know, recommendation towards the end of the first round is hard to make. Head-to-head more than Roto for me because you can weather the free throw thing on a week-to-week basis, but that's pretty rough on a Roto season. So eight, Kyrie Irving, again, unless we get really good news on Paul George. Nine, probably for me, I think Jimmy Butler's a first-round pick. I'd rather have him there than some of these other guys. Ten, probably going Beal in Roto. Maybe not in head-to-head. But I don't think I'm drafting Joel Embiid. I don't trust him to play out an entire season. Kawhi, I don't think I can take him before the turn. What are you going to do at the 10th pick? Do you go Paul George and hope he starts the year? That's what I'm praying for right now. And if that happens, what do you do at 11? Oof, that's a brutal spot. Absolutely brutal spot. Anyway, talking about the second round in this particular draft, we'll pivot back to the the task at hand here. It was Paul George to start the second round. So uh, Beal finished off the first. Paul George starts the second. LeBron James went at 14. Kawhi Leonard at 15. And then in my estimation, you sort of move out of anybody that has a chance to be a real first-round guy. Because we just spent a lot of time talking about the top 15 picks in this league. And I think there's a pretty clear delineation between those guys and the guys that follow with maybe the very slight exception. You can call call these sort of 1B type players. Uh, that would be Rudy Gobert, Andre Drummond, and Kemba Walker. And those guys are mixed in here over the next couple of selections. But before we get to those, I do want to take a moment to remind you guys about our partners at mybookie.ag. Digging these guys so far. Really digging these guys. And I'm super excited to start making my NBA wagers because it's the NFL right now. And as I've said a million times, I don't know squat about football. But here's the thing. If you do and you're making these bets in your mind... Pick the winners and make money off of it. You know, it's like leaving $100 sitting on the street. Go to my bookie. It's fast, easy. They pay you when you win. When you're betting, you're also worried about where you're betting. It's not just about placing the wager. Just saying, I'm going to bet whatever, whatever. That's easy. But doing it in a place where you trust them to get you your money on time, great customer service, player perks, all that good stuff, mybookie.ag. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football, bet with mybookie. If you're going to bet basketball, bet with mybookie. You can bet on games after kickoff there, by the way. You can take opposite sides in the middle of the ball game. They got live in-game betting. You can try a parlay, correlate that joint, give yourself a better chance to win more money. And, and of course, this is the, the part that is sweetener, the pot sweetener. For hoopball listeners, for listeners of Fantasy NBA Today, the promo code TODAY has been extended. T-O-D-A-Y is the promo code. It's not extended for today. It's extended for another week. T-O-D-A-Y, when you open your account and make your first deposit, make sure you use that promo code. They will match your first deposit up to 1000 bucks. Visit mybookie.ag to get today 
You play, you win, you get paid. Promo code again, T-O-D-A-Y. Oh, hey, did you guys all get a chance to check out DFS Today Episode 2? I hope you did. This is, as I've said before, my new pet project. I'm going to get my guys, Coach and Mike, all situated and ready to go. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Two episodes in the books. I mean, I'm just... I'm trying to think of the word. I got a Yiddish word for it, but I, I, I'm going to try to bring that back over to just traditional English. I am... I'm just oozing happiness and confidence and pride that two of my favorite guys here have come together and got a podcast going. Again, it's called DFS Today. You can find it very quickly by searching on the internet. Uh, search for DFS Today Hoopball or DFS Today Hoopball iTunes, or you can follow us on Twitter. We're tweeting about it all the time. Go listen to one of our first few shows. You're going to be hooked. And once the preseason starts... The NBA preseason, those guys are going to be putting out their actual, it's not picks, right? With DFS, it's not necessarily picks. But they're going to be putting out actual cards. The guys that they're starting in their DFS lineups in NBA preseason games. And then all this prep work leading up to the actual season where they can cash in early. And that's what these episodes are about right now. It's how to win the first few games you're betting in DFS when you get into these contests. Because you've done the work in the offseason when a lot of folks were just sitting on their fingers and or doing it with football. You can do football too if you like. I got no problem with that. But my guys are going to teach you how to win basketball. Anyway, that's DFS today. All right, let's get back to our, uh, our fantasy draft. We left off as you may recall, at what I have not so affectionately called the area past the actual first rounders. And for us in this one, it's pick number 16, and that's Trey Young, who obviously is going to get a whopper of a boost in 8-cat this year. Uh, 9-cat, his ADP is 21 on Yahoo. He went pretty early in this draft because there is... I mean, listen, he's got a ton of upside. He's a point guard, and when point guards figure it out, they become invaluable. I mean, we're talking about a guy that could average double-digit assists this season and basically did down the stretch last year. You know, he was significantly better, significantly improved late in the season. Overall on the year, he played in 81 games and was number 124. But as you get towards the tail end of the campaign, things got better. He was actually number 37 for the final two months of the NBA campaign last year. So let me explain a little bit about how that took place. Trey Young, final 25 games of the year, his minutes went up by two per game, still scoring in the 20s, assists at 9.4, only one steal, 2.4 threes, which is nice. But here's the big difference maker. He shot 43% from the field on 18.5 shots per game, which is not good, but it's not the unbelievable hole in the hull of your boat that he was for the rest of the season. 
He was also at 3.5 turnovers over those last two months, which is down from by 0.3 for his entire season and down by about 0.5 for the first, whatever it is, about 55 games of the year. His free throw percent actually got better. For the season, he was at 83%. Last two months, he was at 86 and change percent. And for the entire season, he was around 41.8% shooting, which means for those first four months of the year, when you pull out the two months of 43 and change, he was actually closer to 41 or 40 and a half. So his field goal percent went up by three. His free throw percent went up by four. His turnovers came down by a half a turnover per game. His scoring went up by five or six. His assists went up by one to one and a half. And his threes actually went up by about half a three-pointer per game as well. So he took a flying leap forward the final two months of the season. And, of course, that's why you got to pay through the nose if you want him this year. Too rich for my blood. Too rich for my blood. Because when I look at those last two months for Trey, last season, and, and I clowned on him a lot last year, and believe me, I am not backing off from that. Because as good as he was those final two months, he was atrocious the first four. He was killing you. He was outside the top 150. But those last two months were a significant thing. It was a big development for him. 37. 24 points, 9.5 assists, a steal, 2.43 pointers, 43% from the field, 87 at the foul line, 3.5 turnovers per game. Here's how he could potentially get inside the top 20. Do we think the scoring is really going to go up from 24? That's hard to say. I don't think so. Do we think the assists are going to go up from 9.4? Yeah, I think he could hit 10. I think he could get 10 assists per ball game. Are the steals going up? Nah, he's not that guy. Turnovers come down? Eh, probably not. Not with as much ball handling as he's doing. Field goal percent from 43? You could see it get to 44, maybe. But I don't think much higher than that. The way he gets inside the top 20 is if he plays 80 to 82 games. Easy enough. That's it. That's all you really need to worry about with him. And so when I look at Trey Young, I do love the idea of him making a big leap forward. But the problem is everybody else does too. Because he finished the season so hard last year, and he was such a buzzy name anyway, that he's going towards the end of the second round. And I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I like the player. I like the fantasy game now. We've seen the improvement, but he's priced himself out. I think he does get a bump in head-to-head where turnovers don't really cost you very much on a week-to-week basis because, listen, if you have more games played than your opponent, you're probably going to lose turnovers, and if you don't, you're probably going to win them. So, pfft, screw it. Uh unless you have a particularly awful or particularly good team, all the teams in the middle in turnovers are just going to win or lose depending on who has more games on a given week. So you can wipe that out a little bit, depending ever so slightly on team build. And maybe that's the case, because it's going to be big popcorn numbers. He's probably going to play most of their games this year as he continues to learn the trade, the craft. But I don't see, I don't see this, quite this number. You know, 16 is real high. I'd rather have the guys behind him. Two of them, at least. Andre Drummond going at 17. I think that's a really nice pick in the middle of the second round. Uh, Drummond, 
over the final two months last year was, you guys aren't going to believe this when I say it out loud, number four, number four in the NBA on a per-game basis. I ain't talking about totals, but totals he's quite good too. Andre Drummond's ADP is 20 this year. And I will repeat it one more time for those in the back. The final two months last year, he was the number four fantasy player in the entire NBA. That's while shooting six free throws a game and making just 65% of them. Because his other numbers were so obscene 18 points, 17 rebounds a game, two assists, two steals, and 1.7 blocks, 55% from the field. 3.8 defensive stats per game. That's the most of anybody in the NBA over that stretch. No one came close. No one came close over that stretch. Like, not even in the, not even in the ballpark. Some of the names that got within striking distance will surprise the hell out of you. Uh, Miles Turner, because of his big blocks, that one probably shouldn't surprise you as much. Uh, Brooke Lopez, his big block total kept him within striking distance. Boogie, actually in pretty good numbers. And then AD, you know, that's an obvious one. Anyway, uh, off topic, I suppose. The point here is that Andre Drummond actually has first round value in the tank. He's done it now for basically half a season last year. So in terms of guys that you can get kind of in that weird in-between zone in the second round in general, he's that guy. Who would I rather have between Andre Drummond and Rudy Gobert? I'd rather have Drummond. It's close. You know, you say, ah, it's not that close. It's close. Uh, But Gobert was number 29 over that same stretch. Great field goal percent with Rudy. Great field goal percent. Uh, You're getting relatively similar fantasy games. Drummond's going to get you more rebounds, more steals. But yeah, I'd rather have Drummond if you're letting me pick between those two guys. And that's the way this one went as well. Kemba Walker was drafted at 18 in this league, which again, this is very much a durability grab because on a per-game basis... And people were like, well, he's, you know, he's going to go ham in Boston. There's almost no way he goes more ham than he did in Charlotte. He had complete and total free reign with Charlotte. And he was number 24, ah, excuse me, 21 on a per-game basis last year. Averaging 25.5 points per game, 3.2 threes, 4.5 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.4 blocks, Field goal percent relatively low. Free throw percent pretty high. Turnover's not all that bad. I mean, the way that people think this goes up is that his efficiency improves from the field. I don't think it's going to change all that much. He's going to have a really nice year with Boston, and it's going to probably be somewhere in this same area. And if he's super durable, then yeah, he could climb himself from 21 on a per game to, what did I just say, 18? Yeah, I got no problem with that. He could get as high as probably 14 or 15. You know, if he's if he plays in most of their ball games, which he did last year, he played in all 82, and so he was number 14. But that's kind of where he caps out. But he also, I think, fits into that discussion that we just had of, do you take a risk on someone at pick 10 or 11, or do you take Kemba Walker? 
which is a really boring first-round pick. Maybe the worst first-round pick I've ever heard. But at least you know you're going to get a guy who's going to finish at, like, 17, probably. I buy totals. There's an argument to be made for that. So I like this pick. At 18, this is a no-brainer. Devin Booker at 19, uh, not my favorite. Not my favorite. Uh, I'm not a big Devin Booker guy. I never have been, so you guys probably already knew that about me. Um, I think he's a guy that could see a little bit of an efficiency bump playing next to Ricky Rubio, who should be able to help him out a bit uh, by by not forcing him to make a ton of terrible passes. <laughs> um, but in terms of his fantasy game, you know, he was... Like, he was number 70 last year on a totals situation because he just didn't play all that much. And if you think Phoenix is going to be making a playoff run this year, you've got another thing coming. He was 42 by averages. He's never shown himself to be perfectly durable. And despite a pretty good efficiency year last season, his turnovers were terrible. He does nothing on the defensive end. Uh, You know, he's like Kemba Walker without the defense and with bad turnovers. I'd rather have Kemba by a lot and a few guys behind him as well. I'm not a Devin Booker guy, and uh, I'm certainly not taking him in the middle of the second round. Rudy Gobert at number 20. This is an easy pick when he was still there. You know, I'm betting that this team was looking at him and thinking, like like that old Mitch Hedberg joke, when I played golf, I didn't. You're supposed to yell four when you hit a ball at someone, but I was way way too busy yelling, there ain't no way that's going to hit him. I think that's what's going through this guy's head. There ain't no way Rudy Gobert's getting back to me. And then, what? there he was. So, yeah, obviously you take him at 20. Uh, he's a second-round guy when he's healthy. He was number 16 on a per-game basis last year. He played in 81 games. He was better than that by totals. Uh, there's absolutely no reason not to take him at 20. None. He and Andre Drummond were 12 and 13 by totals last year. You have to build the rest of your team in a specific way. You know, I hope you got someone in the first round that can buttress your free throw situation. I think this team is sitting on Giannis and Rudy, so they might want to just think about giving up on free throws. Maybe not. Luka Doncic at number 21 in this draft. I'm also not a Luka guy in 9-cat. There's... There's there's a... There's a, a way that this happens. I just, I'm not seeing the clear path to it. The way is both of his percentages fix at the same time. Because we've already seen that his other numbers are pretty sweet. 21 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists last year, 2 threes, uh, 1.1 steals. That number's not going to be great, but that's good enough. It's good enough to get the job done, certainly, and he's going to be out there a lot. The issue with Luka was high volume 71% from the line, high volume 42.5% from the field. He was number 93 on a per-game basis last year. Proved himself to be pretty durable. Played through a lot of little nagging things while his team was eliminated from playoff contention. He's going to have some better players around him this year, but the turnovers are going to be high, and unless his free throw percent and his field goal percent both make a big jump, he's going to be stuck outside the top 50. I think he's going to be a guy that disappoints a lot of fantasy owners. He gets a bump in head-to-head because of the popcorn numbers. You know, head-to-head, you sort of have to dial in the points league attack a little bit as you're drafting guys, but for me, not enough. 
Darren Fox at pick 22 in this draft. That's really early for Darren. I mean, I, his ADP is 34. And so, you know, I mean, this is a guy that's going to have another pick at 27. You know, if you have the third overall pick in your league, you're going to be 3, 22, and 27. You probably could get him on the way back when you look at the three or four guys in between even his two picks. So I, I'm just I'm not I'm not completely sold on the De'Aaron Fox leaping into the top twenty territory. He's very durable, so we'll give him that. He played eighty one games last year. Averaged seventeen points, four boards, seven assists, uh two point two combined steals and blocks, which I really like. The defensive stats from Fox are outstanding. But Here's the big butt that gets in the way. Darren Fox doesn't hit the three ball, which I generally don't care about, but he is a point guard, so you're sort of hoping for that, and he's around one per game, and he's not a good foul shooter. So there's going to be a little bit of a hurdle for Fox to climb to get exactly to that level. He played in 81 games last year, as I mentioned, so his total value was far superior to his per game, but his per game was 68 last year so let's say hypothetically he gets a few more shots per game there are a lot of guys on the kings that are going to be taking shots he's gonna be doing a lot of facilitating so maybe it's even safer to say let's say his 7.3 assists get up to eight let's say his scoring goes from 17 to 18 19 20 even three points and one assist is that enough to move him from 68 per game to top 40 per game no, probably not. The only way he gets there is if that free throw percent goes from 73 to 77 or 78. He can't be a net negative in that department. And I'm not sure that I'm confident enough to say that that's going to happen. Now, don't get me wrong. I will happily let you put De'Aaron Fox on my basketball team as a late third or fourth round guy because of the durability, because of the likelihood that he's going to take a step forward. But not in the second round. It's too early. Especially when you have these two guys on the board to finish up the second round in today's discussion. Nick Vucevic at 23 and Miles Turner at 24. Again, just to put this all into perspective, De'Aaron Fox was number 68 last year on a per-game basis. Per game. Vooch, 11. 11. Miles Turner, 26. 11, 26, and 68 is where they were last year. Even if you think De'Aaron Fox takes a big step forward, getting him to Turner's level of 26 on a per game is a massive leap. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that it just gets harder to clear ground as you work your way basically inside the top 40. There are differences between each player at that level that from that 60 to 90 range, there just aren't that many. We've talked about this before. On a strict valuation of your team, De'Aaron Fox on a per-game basis at number 68 was the same distance to Miles Turner at 26. I'm going to do this mathematics real quick on here. As he was to... Spencer Dinwiddie, 
at 154. Same, same split in value in two opposite directions. Who else was right there with Dinwiddie? Andre Iguodala, Nerlens Noel, and Maxi Kleba. Yeah, you heard that right. So that's not me saying that De'Aaron Fox is anywhere near those guys. All I'm saying is it's a lot harder to go up than it is to go down. And if you're trying to get from mid-60s to mid-30s, it's a big jump. So Miles Turner, who should have a perfectly solid season again, was number 26. I'd take him over De'Aaron Fox. And Nick Vucevic, who, yeah, he was in a contract season last year. I know it's probably not going to be quite this good again, but the fact that he went at the end of the second round, that's a steal. That's a steal. Even if he takes a tiny step back in everything, he was one of the very few guys in fantasy, we've talked about this before, who was basically a net positive in almost all nine categories. Points, 21. Threes, over one a game from the center. 12 rebounds. Almost four assists. A steal, a block, 52% from the field, 79 from the line, and only two turnovers a game. And the Magic didn't change much. He's still, he's still their guy. They sunk some cash into that dude. Fine. He takes a step back. Maybe he doesn't play all 80 games, but there is almost no universe where someone can convince me to take these I hope they take a massive leap forward guys over a guy where it's like, oh, well, all he has to do is not fall back all that much and he's a stud again. And that's why ADPs actually do help you. You got to figure out who might get back to you. Vooch Vooch would not get back to you in the third round if you pass him up where we were talking about Fox. Turner, maybe, probably not, but maybe. Fox, I think, probably would. I think. So we'll put a pin in this one after the first two rounds. Uh, I want to talk to Neil about the next couple. See if we can do rounds three and four with Neil. Uh, I, I really... I'm just, I'm flabbergasted at where some of these guys are going. A couple of names to look at as we sort of uh, look towards the future here. Donovan Mitchell going at 25, John Collins at 26, Porzingis at 28, Westbrook finally going where he should at 29, Chris Paul 30, Kevin Love 31, pretty early there, DeAndre Ayton 32, Robinson 33, Aldridge 35, Zion fell to the first pick of the fourth round at 37, Capella at 38, Conley and Lowry 41-42. Some really interesting stuff in there that we'll talk about with Neil on uh, tomorrow's show. Reminder again, Hoopball Leagues continue to truck along. We are now at 12 open leagues. And everybody's like, hey, you got any spots left? Yeah, man. Or, uh, yeah, lady. I mean, I'm sure you probably have a couple of women in these leagues. I don't know. I don't ask you what your, I don't ask what your name is. Or you probably tell me and maybe I don't care. Uh, we'll just keep opening them until people stop signing up. And if you're in a league where there aren't that many people in it with you, don't worry, we'll keep filling it out. We got a lot of time before we're shutting these things down. Hoopball Leagues, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. B as in boy, E-S as in Sam, B as in boy, R-I-S as in Sam. I know, it's not the world's easiest last name to spell, but find me on Twitter, 
Seek me out. And let me know you'd like to be in one of those leagues. Also going on right now, the official Rate My Team thread is back in the hoop ball forums. This is one of my favorites. Uh, Santino is rocking it this week. He's in charge of this bad boy. Uh, all you got to do is head into the forum with your team, whether it's a mock draft, a real draft, doesn't matter to me. Post your team, and Santino's going to tell you what you're weak at, what you're strong at. This is the Rate My Team thread. Go to hoop-ball.com, click on the forums tab, and it should be sticky. Sticky right up near the top, uh, so you shouldn't have to hunt too far to find it. It's one of my favorites. Chef hosted it last year. It blew up like crazy, and I expect it will do the same this time around. So get in there, post your team. Again, mock, real draft, whatever. Santino will break it down over the course of the day. That thread's going to be running for the next six weeks, I think. Six and a half, something like that. So that's a lot of fun. We also have a forum mock going on in the Hoopball forums right now, hosted uh, by the wonderful Eric Ong. That's just getting started, I think, today or tomorrow at the very latest. So you can follow along on that. And the breakdown, Eric's analysis of that mock draft, will be in our draft guide, which, again, on sale from $19.99 to $15.99 for a limited time. You can also get our Game Time Premium Package, which is the premium uh, full-season membership. You can get the early B-150, which comes out on September 23rd, or you can roll those things together. We have a couple of packages available at hoop-ball.com. Again, at Dan Bespers on Twitter, at HoopBallFantasy. And check out Fantasy Draft, too. I didn't tell you guys about that on today's podcast. They're changing the game, man. Rake-free DFS. They are our official partners for that new DFS Today podcast. Putting a pin in it until tomorrow, the rest of the week here on Fantasy NBA Today. Neil Rochlani will join me on Tuesday. My co-hosts all week long, Brandon Marcus on Wednesday. We'll talk to Coach on Thursday for a Team USA beat report. He'll also uh, give us the skinny on what's to come on this week's episode of DFS Today. And Adrian Benjamin's before the week is up. Starting next week, I believe, or it might be the week after that, we'll get the numbers right for you. We'll start having industry pros on this to break down results from an additional industry mock draft that should be a lot of fun uh and there might be don't quote me on this there might be coupons at that point although the sale might be over for the draft guide so you still should probably get it now get it now but if you don't get it now uh we'll have some coupons for you later in the this uh, draft guide season i'm dan baspers have a wonderful monday everybody we will talk to you tomorrow This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.